Welcome to Keep the Game Beautiful podcast. Each week, I highlight incredible people who are doing amazing things in soccer, the beautiful game. I'm Anna Turi, your host. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm releasing another episode from United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City. Today's guest, Byron Lay, actually walked up to me and introduced himself. I think that is an amazing thing to do at convention. You don't always get to meet everybody when you're in that big of a setting, but putting yourself out there and getting your story heard is so important. He has an immense love for the game, and this is something that is very obvious while we talk. Today, we talk all about his journey in the game, his playing career, a little bit of refereeing in there, and now what he does in his current role and how he helps players succeed. I hope you enjoy the episode. My only Arashe is joining me from United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City. He is the founder of Scout Ballers and author of Roadmap to a Successful Football Career. In 2015, By only moved from Nigeria to the United States. I'm really excited to meet him and learn a little bit more. Would you mind filling in a little bit more background and what got you to where you are today? I'm very excited. I see you already did your homework right there. <laughs> um, well, I came in here in February 2015, as you said. So it's going to be seven years in about a few days. Um, and one of the reasons why um, I choose to venture out to the United States was uh, finding that um, one of my, my current company in the United States, Cowballers LLC, um, that the atmosphere that I was living back then, back home, uh, does not give me that uh, opportunity to be able to uh, build the company and be successful at it. I mean, at the moment, it's not like we're all out there, but that's one of the reasons why I'm at this convention to seek validation about the idea, to think what coaches think about the idea. And uh, But before that, um, I've been a broadcast journalist um, since 1999, uh, after I finished uh, from Government Technical College. Um, I was employed as a technician to switch off transmitter on and off in the days of the analog transmission. Um, I worked with a TV station called MITV, uh, but uh, like every one of us, there was somebody that discovered me, my former mentor. He figured that uh, whenever, whenever I switch on the transmitter, I will run into the production department and be watching them and see what they're doing there. So I didn't know he was watching me for, for some months. So he was like, son, I don't think you're going to be an engineer. I think you're a production person. So I'm going to refer you to the production department and see uh, what you can do from there. So that was how I became, went into production. I learned uh, directing, I learned how to produce, I learned how to vision mix. In the day we call it vision mixing. And, and then I was sent on training on how to direct live soccer games. We call it football where I'm from, but I mean, like you say, if you live in Rome, you have to act like a Roman. So we call it soccer in the United States. So uh, my training was uh, directing live soccer games, and I was very fortunate to go to a couple of Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, another one is going on right now in Cameroon. Uh, I think I went to about four Africa Cup of Nations uh, as a broadcast journalist. And I was the, the biggest of them all was at the Germany 2006 World Cup and the 2010 that was hosted in South Africa. So um, walking around uh, the game of football gave me uh, a deep insight of um, what other things can I do apart from just walking in it you know how can i impact i can now how can i add value uh, so looking at how in those countries that i visited seeing how the game is being developed i came home and i started a, a football academy uh, called midas football academy 
uh, in 2008. And luckily for us, in 2009, we were invited to uh, a national national tournament in Germany and Denmark, uh, which we attended, funny enough, with just 12 players. Uh, but believe it or not, we won both tournaments in Germany and Denmark at the under-17 category. One of them is a very huge tournament in Denmark called a Football Festival in, in the city of Aarhus. Um, we won both tournaments and that was the beginning for me. And that's why I am here today. I always start with the same three questions. First, what does the beautiful game mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It means um, seeing a lot of um, exciting, unforgettable moments, um, seeing the real definition of a human being, um, seeing people really showing uh, uh, care and love to their fellow men and women. Um, I mean, I've seen two, so many beautiful moments in the game, and uh, that's what it simply means to me, showing humanity the deep meaning of love. What are actions or things you do to keep the game beautiful? Absolutely. Uh, when I came into the States, uh, one of the things I thought of was uh, how can I get involved in the game? You know, um, starting from just coming and as an immigrant uh, in, in the city of Houston, as big as it is. I don't know if you've been to Houston, but it's huge. Um, so what I did was to get involved in the game as a soccer referee. Um, I've been a referee for seven years. Um, and. I feel that has been the most uh, impactful moment of my life, um, actually helping the kids. Um, I started from refereeing games of uh, under 11, under 12, and now to uh, refereeing uh, youth games, college games. Um, I've seen so many moments that I feel have helped players on the field and off the field as well. Most of them in terms of how they respond to their parents on the field, you know, when the emotion get involved, maybe parents is trying to cheer them up and they be like, no, no mom, no dad, you know, be like, hey, take it easy and you know, just show them those uh, very important things that they, they need to learn while playing the game. How do you encourage others to keep the game beautiful? Um, just like I said now, as a referee, um, I feel that uh, we see the game closer than anyone else. I think apart from the coach, we even see it closer than the way the coaches actually see the game. Um, and, and I always tell the players, like, look, maybe somebody fouled you on the field of play and trying to give you a hand gesture to, 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 to raise you up. And you're like, no, leave me alone. You know, that's like the moment for you to step in um, as probably the most senior or elder person on the field to be like, no, you have to take that hand and um, say thank you. You know, that's, that's what the game is all about. It's beautiful. So just keep encouraging it. each one, teach one, take it one person at a time. What really sparked your interest and made you want to referee? Well, w one of the things that made me want to referee uh, was when I came in the country, like I said earlier, I, I was looking for a way to get involved, you know. Um, I know coaching is probably not it at that time because nobody knows me, not many, not many people know me. Um, and then I found out that I can do that by refereeing. And up till now, even though I feel I can do more, I still find a lot of joy uh, refereeing the game. Um, apart from using it to help the kids um, and, and, and confirming the real beauty of the game, I also get to exercise, you know. Um, I mean, you, you can't imagine how many miles you put on a single under 15 match. Um, I refed uh, an MLS next game a few weeks ago, uh, U16 category. Believe it or not, in that single game, I put in about six miles 
you know um, uh, the part the, the part that it gives me opportunity to get some workout in uh, my real aerobics exercise it's it's very very beautiful uh, it's not it's not something you can get outside of um, doing that even as a coach I don't think you can get as much as that much mileage so um, those few things really really uh, get me going and I, I've enjoyed it so far there are always negatives to refereeing including referee abuse have you ever dealt with anything like that oh <laughs> I mean, I can give you stories. I can actually write a book about that. Um, there, there, there is, and I think um, if you probably you might not know this, but I mean, going through your uh, resume, uh, the data on the on, on Twitter as well, I found that you're a referee as well. Uh, so I, I know you probably have experienced the same, but you might understand it deeper. Uh, it's one of the reasons why there are not many referees uh, in the United States um, because uh, the parents, which we understand as a referee, that is an emotional game. Um, the coaches, um, they don't understand it as much as we do, um, that we understand their emotion, right? Uh, but the emotion really get the best of parents and coaches. I cannot count how many times I've, I've almost been a victim of an assault. I mean, thank God that the uh, uh, United States uh, has a very strong rule of law, uh, which means if you go ahead and assault a referee, uh, for whatever reason, you're definitely going to pay for it. So I guess that's one of the reasons why we'll actually not have it worse uh, than it is so far. But the verbal abuse is a lot. Uh, and you have to be a person of a very strong character to be a referee uh, because it takes just no loving the game you have to also um, be a person of strong character and really look at uh, the end product that what am, why am i doing this what is your why and my why is to be able to add value to the kids uh, to be able to seek to further development of the game and i really hope that through this kind of opportunity that you're giving me and people hearing our voices out there their parents and coaches will understand that um, being a referee is a very tough job and they need to encourage the referee more uh, rather than the other the other way. Do you think if we have less referee abuse and more encouragement from parents we could help grow the numbers? Um, you said if we have less referees, definitely we can't afford to have less referees because if we do, we're going to ref all the thousands of games that we have in, the, in different parks every week. But, I mean, that might actually spark a discussion. Uh, which I think is already going on. Uh, I know there are a lot of referee uh, organization. I know how many emails I've received this year, even though I have recertified, asking me to recertify because not many referees want to do it. And again, we are not paid that much to be able to do it. That's why I said you have to have your, a, a very strong why to why you're doing it. If your why is strong enough, you will not look at the, at the at the amount of money you're making. I mean, refereeing four or five games, sometimes you might not make a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, does that does that pay for the stress you go through? No. But the fact that you love the game is the reason why you're doing it. So uh, I do not think we should have a short form of a uh, shorter referee. Uh, we definitely need more. And we should encourage younger people to come referee and see how they can be a part of the game, which is one of the things I'm actually doing personally. And uh, we'll see how that goes uh, in the next few, few, few weeks and years. Have you always known what your why is? If I, if I say that uh, from the beginning, no. Um, it took me a long time. Um, but like I said, I, I was very, very fortunate to uh, start my career very early on. Uh, I was um, 
18, 19. I'm 41 years old now. Um, not many people have the opportunity to be mentored at that age, to be able to, for somebody to see them and see what they can, they are capable of, and see that they are capable of more than they are doing at the moment, and then recommend them for something uh, bigger. Um, so I think we all have to do that. I found my why because the atmosphere I found myself working at the very big stage at in my 20s covering our Africa Cup of Nations and seeing that, okay, what more can I do to impact the game? Um, further kept uh, confirming that, okay, I think I can do more. And then when I came back, um, looking at the rate of young people, not knowing what they want to do, uh, uh, there's so much peer pressure, social pressure, environmental pressure um, for, okay, what, what am I going to do? Uh, actually confirm that I can do more um, but more importantly when I came to the United States and I'm sure you did not know this part this part of me um, I actually work in the criminal justice system in the state of Texas um, and seeing a lot of young people incarcerated um, was the clear picture for me uh, you know uh, to see that young people that that could do a lot of other things with their life are incarcerated they can't do anything and even if they're out of uh, prison they might not be able to um, do much because they are, they are now felons, right? So I, I, I found that there's much, much more I can do from there. So I found my why uh, just when I was probably in my late 30s. And since then, I have been running with it. And that's why I'm sitting right in front of you right now, sharing my message with the world and hoping uh, that each person that we come across, we can help them to become a better person and we can have a bigger platform to let people really understand that there's a lot they can do. Possibility is enormous. In fact, there's no limitation. It just depends on how wild your, your mind can think. Um, and, and that's how it's been for me. How have you really worked to help people throughout your years? One of the things I have done um, through my football academy, for example, in Nigeria, um, every year uh, we graduate between 30 to 35 to 50 players uh, that train in the game, but more importantly, to give them vocational education, give them life skill um, that will last them for the rest of their lives. Because uh, I feel that not, not many people that are playing the game will go on to become a professional. So if you are not able to make it as a pro, what other option is available to you? Um, so I figured that, okay, you can actually learn a trade while you are at the academy. You can learn auto engineering, uh, fashion designing, computer related subjects, um, and broadcasting, which is my personal favorite. Um, that's what I'm doing with my academy. And also back in Houston, I make myself available. I'm a member of a Rotary Club of Alvin uh, to speak to young people in high schools. Uh, telling them the impact that um, uh, criminal justice can have on them, uh, that they, they, they can either make it or break themselves at that stage of their life. You know, when, when you're in high school, most of the lifelong decision is made at that age of your life. And letting them understand that there is, you, you better find your purpose at that early on or you might not do very, very well outside of that particular stage. So um, encouraging them and seeing how much that has changed and still looking forward to do more uh, is something that keeps me going every day. And my company, um, Scott Ballers LLC, 
um, is, the, is the biggest one, of course, um, giving um, a bigger platform to young people in any part of the world um, that have skill in playing sports or football precisely to find an opportunity. You can be uh, in Gambia or you can be in Argentina, you can be in uh, Uruguay, you can be in London, for example, by using our platform and use our platform to find a college scholarship in University of Michigan, in University of Houston. Uh, that's what that platform is hoping to do. Uh, for young people in different parts of the world. So I, my life is all about service and I'm really, really hoping to be able to do more for uh, young people. How did Scout Ballers really come about? Well, that happens uh, based on my ex all my experience in football industry, working as a broadcaster, uh, going to tournaments, um, being a football academy administrator, um, the first thing I did was to put all this experience in a book uh, to let people know that, look, there is actually um, a pattern, there is a system you can follow to become whatever you want to become. Either you want to go through uh, the path of becoming a professional or you want to go to school, that you can actually do it. Uh, I, I, I can call myself a success, but, I, but I'm very excited about where I am at the moment, that I'm successful with my life. Uh, but all those experiences put together, I look at it, that the major challenge for folks, especially outside of the United States, is that they do not have that link, that bridge between um, training every day and hoping that somebody somewhere will discover them and actually having that platform that will help them to be discovered. Um, so I feel uh, creating scout ballers will help to bridge that gap. Um, on our platform, we make it possible for coaches at the college level or at professional football level uh, can find athletes in any part of the world without them having to travel to that particular country. Informa information technology age is what we are in. It's changing the world. Uh, it is better you jump on it now or you are going to be left behind. So uh, building that platform and coming here to um, this convention to further find out, okay, how can this platform help uh, people to um, see how they can be successful from wherever they are to be scouted. So I created it and then so far I've had a bunch of positive response uh, from coaches that are saying, okay, this is my pain point, you know, asking college coaches, what are the challenges you are having in, in getting access to top talent in, in part of the world? The first question I ask them is, do you recruit do you recruit players from other parts of the world? And they say, everybody says yes, but they always have a challenge of the process of bringing them over here. And, and so Scarbolas is established to take care of that. And we are hoping in the next six months and one year, it's going to be known uh, across the United States and the world and actually having a real-time success. So um, that's how it came about and that's what we are hoping to achieve, to connect players or athletes to colleges uh, where they can play the game they love and also earn a degree at the same time or to connect with a football club in Europe or even here in the United States and be able to play the game professionally and earn money to survive. Or the other, the other part of it is for video creators that, because for example, a coach that is interested in signing you will want to know, you're telling me you are a player. How, how am I going to be able to uh, find out that what you're telling me is the truth? 
So you need video highlights of your games. Uh, so we're providing jobs for video creators in different countries and neighborhoods to be able to like come on the platform as well. So if a player in Argentina needs a video made, uh, we can easily direct you to that video creator. So we're also providing jobs on Scarbola's platform. So uh, I'm excited about it and I'm really, really hoping that um, it's going to bridge a lot of gap and um, be successful. What do you do to grow your program? Um, at the moment, um, this kind of uh, opportunity is going to help a lot. Um, speaking your truth, telling your message, sharing what your passions are. Um, but one of the things I do is I work full time, as I mentioned. I'm a, as a correctional officer. I save some money to keep building my company. Um, I speak um, at, at high schools, um, though not paid for it. Um, I, do it I do it voluntarily at the moment. Um, I consult for young people that are looking for opportunity to um, come to college in the United States or Canada or whatever they want to do. And more importantly, I sell my book that I authored. Uh, I authored uh, the only guidebook for um, football players that actually want to play the game um, to give them a guide because if you don't have a strong foundation um, there's no way you, you have your chance of making it to the top is um, not very very good so having a strong foundation will help uh, in, in, in getting you there early. So those are the lineup of what I do. How did you decide that you wanted to write a book? Um, well, uh, I have lived um, a very interesting life, so to say. I've worked in different facets. Um, I've, I've had opportunity to travel, um, to enjoy um, a lot of um, time covering the game I love. I've taken players to tryouts um, and see, see them actually successful. I've seen them fail, you know, um, and I've also... Uh, being a football academy administrator, I have failed at that as well, and I've been successful. So putting all those experiences together, I feel I have to tell the story. I have to create like a guide, you know, for young people to understand. I mean, you don't have to go through the same uh, stress, the same uh, challenges that I went through to get to where I am now. If there is already a book for you to read, to be able to navigate those routes, right? So that's one of the reasons why I feel a book is, is very necessary and a book is the best way to read the mind of, uh, of, of an author or of anybody that is doing something significant in life. Um, and that's all, what my life is all about, uh, being a significant person, uh, providing value to the world and living this world, um, doing something positive at the end of the day. How important is failure in our game? Failure is very important. Uh, if you don't fail, you're not going to succeed. Um, a lot of people are actually not successful today because they don't want to fail. Um, in any field of life, any field of life, even as a child, if you are trying to walk, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether mom and dad told you that story, but they did tell me, I asked, how many times did I fall when I was trying to walk? And my parents just laughed at me that they can't count it. So you're gonna, while you're trying to walk, you're gonna fall down and get back up again. Uh, the, the problem is not the failure. The problem is um, having the mental toughness uh, to be able to get back up and believing that it is part of the process. Um, and that is why I feel some of us out there that have lived um, in a very challenging environment in the past, 
need to go out there and let people understand that it is part of life. You're going to fail in regardless of any field that you are in. Uh, but the ability for you to get back up, dust yourself and keep going is what will really uh, get you up to that particular success you are seeking. So failure is very, very important to get us to uh, the pinnacle of success. How can we encourage young athletes that it is okay to fail? Through this, uh, your, the opportunity you're giving through podcasts such as this, um, sharing with them, uh, their parents actually um, giving them opportunity to fail and not um, making them understand that most of the things that you see, uh, I mean, the social, we are in the social media age. Uh, a lot of people see the end product of what somebody has edited, um, seeing them do good stuff on, 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 on in the gym, um, performing very well in class, but they do not understand the process that went into that final product they are watching on their Instagram or Twitter or Facebook uh, to let them understand that there is always a process to whatever you want to do in life. So um, we have to also organize more um, group meetings um, in our schools, which I know um, they're doing a lot in the US. Um, a lot of schools are doing a lot of work in terms of um, encouraging young people about their mental health about the peer pressure that they feel uh, to let them understand that look it is part of life for you to fail failing at something doesn't mean uh, that you you are not going to make it in life but the only reason why failure will uh, be a challenge is when you keep failing at something and then you are not doing that thing in another way but you're doing it the same way you have failed previously uh, that's when you your chance of being a real failure is guaranteed. Uh, but if you fail at something, uh, that means there is another way for you to do that thing, you know, apart from the way you did it previously. So if you if you fail once, look at another way of doing it and keep going at it. So we that's the only way we can do it, each one teaching one person at a time. How has soccer helped you with other life skills? Uh, in, in a lot of way, um, with, with your, like your first question that that, that you asked, um, why do I think soccer is a beautiful game? Uh, I mean, soccer is it's 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 everything. There is no part of life that you cannot understand uh, what, by watching soccer. You know, even as a as a as a referee, as a coach, as a player, there is always a process. Uh, soccer will tell you that you can you should start the game early uh, if you really want to be the best player. Lionel Messi, one of the all-time best soccer players, was discovered in his teenage years when he was probably 13, 14 years old playing the game in Argentina. Uh, and the talent was obvious there, uh, but he did not become Lionel Messi at the age of 13. In fact, he did not become Lionel Messi at the age of 15 or 16. You know, until he started making his debut for Barcelona at the bigger stage. So he evolved from from being from that boy that was picked in Argentina, brought to Spain, uh, keep training every day, and then became what he became. And he has done it all. The same thing goes for the other one, Cristiano Ronaldo, or any other person that have done the gay business at the pinnacle of their career. Uh, the same thing about life, uh, that everything takes a process. You have to take it one day at a time, um, believing in your goal, um, affirming it, and actually doing the work, and not expecting mommy or daddy to hand you anything because nobody's going to hand you your success. 
you're going to have to work for it. If you want to earn a degree in a particular subject, you know you have to read your book. Uh, if you want to become a lawyer, you know you have to read your book. If you want to become a doctor, you have to read your book. You have to face your studies 100%. Uh, if you want to be a success in your field as well, you have to practice. Practice, practice, practice. So soccer is, uh, can, can actually be defined as uh, life because you, we, you go through the same process in every field uh, to be uh, whatever you want to become. So I, I'm excited being in the game and uh, I really, really look forward to uh, achieving a lot of success and telling the stories to much more uh, millions of people and then for them to go ahead and, and pass it on. You talk about how important it is for you to share your story and your ideas. How does an event like this help you to get your ideas out there? Absolutely. Um, you never know. Uh, until Up until I, I saw your tweet, uh, there was no way I was going to be on your show. Um, so that's one of the things events like this does. Um, gives you the opportunity to make meaningful connections. Um, and this is my second physical convention. I was at the one in Philadelphia. I think that was in 2018 or 29. I'm not sure what that what year that was, but I couldn't make the last one in Maryland. In, in uh, uh, yeah, in Maryland uh, because of COVID. Uh, but the last one I went, I met great people, and this one already, I've met great people, and I've gone on to do some great stuff with those people. So um, coming out here, telling your stories, uh, sharing your dreams, validating your ideas, telling people about your work, um, making people understand that um, life is not should not be looked at from only from their side, that there are many sides to life, is very, very important. And I'm very excited for the opportunity to be here. I have one final question, which I ask each every guest, each and every guest. What do you hope people remember about your impact to soccer and the world? Uh, that I came here and I gave it my best shot, and I'm able to say at the end of my journey that I did that. Um, to be able to see a lot of people passing on the knowledge, the education, the advice they get from me to be a better person. Um, even even if you don't end up being a professional player, uh, that you end up being a good person at the end of the day. Um, that you end up adding to uh, part of good people of the world. Um, that you don't become a menace to society. Um, that's the most important impact and legacy for me. Uh, making better people. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the opportunity and keep up the good work. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bayonle really wants to see his players and athletes become successful in life. I enjoyed talking about failure for a little bit. That's something I feel like we can all work on. I definitely need some work on that. But that was just great insight. His book is an, also a great insight to players to help them become their best selves and succeed in their football career. I am very glad I got a chance to learn from Bayonle today, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Until next time, remember to keep the game beautiful. Thank you.